Father, that we would just sit in that truth, that we would stand in the truth, that you make us brave, that you bring us out from the shores, that you restore our souls, renew our heart, mind, and soul. Let us stand in the truth that we are sons and daughters of the Almighty in this place. Before he creation, the God of heaven knew our names, and formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display, 
And his heart is good. He is always kind. With the cross he proved, he's on our side. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. No matter where we go, we're close to the Father's heart. And though we stumble, he will not let us fall. We are the Lord's and he will never forsake his own. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. Yes, we are. Father, thank you for adopting us as your sons and daughters. Thank you for calling us children of the King, co-heirs with Christ. The truth of that is overwhelming, that you would accept us as your son and daughter. Father, thank you. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you are the God of this universe. And Father, on this day 9-11, we think of the people that are still suffering because of that. Families and individuals that had loved ones and people they knew. And those of us that didn't have anyone there, we still felt the jolt as if it was our own family members. Father, we just pray, Lord, for your peace to fall over all those affected. We pray, Father God, for healing for people's bodies. Father God, I just want to lift up specifically Mary Louise Bermudez. Father God, I pray that you correct and strengthen her heart. Father God, I just pray, Lord God, for those that have been told of chronic illness like cancer, a word that's so intimidating. I pray healing. For marriages that are struggling, I pray your overwhelming peace. For children that are hurting because they have absent parents or parents that are hurting because their children are not walking where they should, I pray healing. Father God, we pray for our nation its leaders, our state leaders, our city and county leaders, that God, they would come to know you and then serve this country and state and county and city in a way that it would be transformed and turned around. Father God, use us to be able to encourage others that are brokenhearted. Use us, Father God, to transform this city for your glory and your name. We thank you for all that you're doing. And we pray in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Quietly be seated as we take communion. This morning, I had the privilege of being invited by the city of Rio Rancho to speak at a 9-11 event. And there, we were talking about the motto that President Bush said at the site of the 9-11 debris, and he said, we'll never forget. We commit to never forget. And those words we continue to remember because our security and our safety was threatened that day. 
our comfort and our strength was threatened that day. And I'm reminded of the words of our Lord at the Last Supper when he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this all of you and eat it for this is my body. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Never forget. We should never forget what Christ did for us. We should never forget what he can continue to do for us. So as you hold the bread, ask God to not only forgive your sins, but ask him to provide for you. If you're sick, ask him to heal you. If you're in distress, ask him to calm you. But Father, we thank you for who you are and all that you do. And we do this in remembrance of you. This is the body of Christ. You may eat the bread. He then took the cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my blood, which has been given for you. It's a new covenant I'm making. I will not drink of this cup again until I come and I receive you. God has made a promise and he's a man that cannot lie. He keeps his promises. So thank you, Lord, for the promise of hope and the promise of celebration and the promise that you are with us and you will always be with us, that you're gonna come back for us. So as we hold this cup in our hand, we do so claiming the blood of Jesus over our life, over our family, over our marriage, over our children, and over our loved ones. And we pray in Christ's name. This is the blood of Christ, and we drink of the cup. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. Might we reflect Jesus in all we do. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Would you stand once again as we just sing this as a promise and of hope and thank the Lord for what he's doing? His love he lavished on us and called us children of the King. And in his loving kindness, he chose the lowly and the weak. And his heart is good, he is always kind. With the cross he proved, he is on my side. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. No matter where we go, we're close to the Father's heart. And though we stumble, he will not let us fall. We are the Lord's and he will never forsake his own. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. Yes, we are. 
sons and daughters lift up a shout of praise this morning come on oh god we give you praise oh god we give you glory oh god we give you honor lord we love you so much jesus thank you lord for who you are thank you for being a god who who takes us from orphans to sons and daughters lord thank you for being a god who has adopted us into your family god and you've given us your love your grace your peace your freedom god we claim that today in the name of jesus lord we thank you we give you praise for it in christ's name god right now i just want to lift up uh, just the idea lord i've been thinking about all day 9-11 happened today, 21 years ago, God. I was in Mexico. I wasn't even in the States. I was one year old. I don't remember it, God. But you do, Lord. 
And similarly, God, there's a lot of pain out there that I don't understand, Lord, but you see it, Lord. And so right now, I just pray for every single person in here, God, that they lay down their burdens today in light of your presence, in light of your word, in light of your love, God, that we lay down our burdens today in your house, in your presence today. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. Hey, church, let's take a moment and greet one another as worship comes to an end. Come on. Well, hello, New Beginnings Church. How are good we doing morning, this morning? Everyone. Good morning, y'all. Right, come on, one more time. I said good morning. Good there morning. you go. That, that's the New Beginnings Church I know. Come on. Well, hey, guys, my name is David Sanchez. I'm your youth minister. I'm so excited to be here and worship with y'all this morning. And, and I'm Cindy Mansfield. I'm Mrs. Richard Mansfield. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> The executive pastor here at New Beginnings. <laughs> hey, guys, before we get started with anything else, we've got a few announcements just to get started. Um, first and foremost, anyone here for child dedication, uh, you're in the right place. Uh, just want to let you know, Pastor Richard will give you more of those directions of where to go, where to be during this service. So you made it to the right spot. Congratulations to all my child de- dedication people. And another thing that's happening, uh, n- not today, but this week here at our church is mobile feud distribution. Mo- mobile food, not feud. We don't, Dude, distribute. We don't want yeah. feuds around. Oops. <laughs> Um, but mobile food distribution, you know, it's one of my favorite things because we set, out t- we set up tables just out in the front, and people from all around from this neighborhood, from, the, from our community, guys, they show up to get fed, like, literally with food. And, you know, that's the gospel right there. We are doing God's work, just giving, uh, giving stuff to people that are in need. And so if you could benefit from, from that thing that we do, from our mobile food distribution, be here this Friday at 12 p.m. That's when we get started. Um, and or if you want to show up and you want to help out instead of just coming to, you know, grab some stuff, which is all good. We all need stuff sometimes, you know. And if you want to come help out and be a part of that, come a little earlier. Come at 1030 uh, on this Friday. Uh, show up here at 1030 this Friday and we'll, we'll show you everything you need to know. We'll help you out and uh, we'll get you serving here with us during mobile food distribution. And other than that, I believe UHC is doing something soon. Pastor Cindy, you want to tell us about that? Anytime UHC does something, they always do it with a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So I call it a fantastic time. (laughs) (laughs) The last event that I went was their uh, fashion show, and that was a blast. We had a bunch of Barbies around and Kens. Can't (laughs) leave the Kens out. (laughs) But they did such a marvelous job, and it was a lot of fun. So this next event, I'm looking forward to. It's our time to support under his construction. We've been doing uh, a partnership in ministry for, uh, I think, 12 years, has it been, Pastor Chris? Yes, 12 years. And uh, I believe the ministry that under his construction does has really placed a dent in our recidivism right here in New Mexico. It's wonderful what God has called them to do in changing lives and transforming their lives through the power, I believe, of Jesus Christ. And so they will be having their first annual, he said, fundraiser. I believe that. Uh, fundraiser, not Absolutely. fundraiser, but fundraiser. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Here at New Beginnings. 
That takes place on Saturday, September the 17th. They're going to be out there at their table uh, selling tickets, and hopefully you could come because it's always a wonderful time that we could celebrate with our brothers and sisters of what they've done and what they're doing in our city for Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be a great event. I hope you all will, will be there. And, and on top of that, something we've got happening this Saturday is we'll be hosting a conference for any, anyone here that is interested in learning how do you minister to our Muslim brothers and sisters, to our Muslim community. We'll be doing a conference this Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And similar to how I said uh, when I was praying earlier, you know, that, so 9-11 happened 21 years ago today. I wasn't around for that, really. I, I, don't, I don't remember it, but I know that it sent shockwaves everywhere, yeah? yeah it, it, sent, it sent a lot of fear into yeah. a lot of our hearts. A lot of us were kind of like, hey, Muslims, what? You know? And so with this conference, we want to we wanna help you understand how to love our Muslim neighbors, because that's what we're about here. We're about loving our neighbor and loving, most importantly, our God Almighty. And so that's going to be this Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. For more information on that, you can find, our, find it on our website, nbcabq.com forward slash events. Right. And see, our vision is to reach up, reach in, and to what? Reach out. Exactly. This is the part of our vision that we do. We reach out to others to introduce them to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Mm -hmm. So no one's left out of that. Left out of that uh, particular thing is reaching out. Absolutely. Because the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Exactly. So we want everybody around the globe to praise God. Amen? Amen. Now, we also have some sign-ups coming up for our classes. Our classes are growing. This is great news. Oh, yeah. We are growing. We're expanding. We're having to take over another classroom, to uh, another room in our building to be a classroom because people are hungry for the Word of God. And that's amazing, and we're so thankful for that. So we have our class sign-ups coming up. Amen. Praise God. We have our uh, sign-up for classes coming up on Sunday, September 25th. So we want all of you that have not taken advantage of taking the Bethel series or or the, um, I'm going to get in trouble here naming everybody, but the discipleship one and two classes and so on and so forth. We have great classes that oh, you yeah. can learn from. And so we want to invite you to do that. Speaking about edu- getting educated oh, in the yeah. Word of God, uh, Dr. Richard Mansfield. Doctor. <laughs> He's one of the instructors at Mid-America Christian University. And so uh, I want to encourage you to take his course that he'll be teaching starting September the 21st. Mm. And it is called Explore the Power of Prayer, Mm. Praying with Power. Pastor and I have known something about that. And... uh, Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. My son survived. Yeah. And is sitting here today because of the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for that. Yeah. But that just hit me just now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just so grateful to God. And if you want to learn how to strengthen mm. your prayers and how to really grab a hold the hem of that wonderful garment of our Savior. Absolutely. This class is for you. So you would, what you'll have to do is just go on online. Our website is nbcabq.com. And you, it's on the home page. I made it easy for you guys. You just scroll all the way down, and you'll find it. And you just tap on that little bar there, and uh, you can go and register there. 
Absolutely. And you know, guys, I've just got to say, I went to Mid-America, like I was there in person for a while. They have the same heart as Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy. They taught me everything I know as to how to minister to youth over here. That's what I've been doing. And especially lately, Pastor Richard's been helping me understand the power of prayer in my life. I'm telling you, Prayer is important, and Pastor Richard knows how to teach people how to pray. When I tell you my life is overflowing with joy right now, I mean, thank, I mean, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, pastors. And so all that is to say, on top of all that's going on, on Friday, <laughs> October 21st, uh, beginning at 6 p.m., we're holding a banquet to celebrate 40 years of ministry for our pastors, Richard and Cindy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And... I am super excited. Uh, I plan on being there for sure. Uh, you can get your tickets out in the mall and, uh, or online. Uh, you can also find them there, nbcabq.com forward slash events. I would urge you to, to be a part of it, man. These are people worth celebrating. And if, and if that hasn't hit you yet, then I, then I want to urge you to come talk to one of us about how you can <laughs> experience this love that these people are just so full of. So Thank you. You know, yeah. I, they had kept it a secret to us about what was going on in this, uh, in this celebration. And I looked up at their sign out there at the table where they're selling the tickets. I go, comedian. Well, one thing for sure, they know the Mansfields like to laugh. <laughs> if you haven't been hugged by or had a joke shared with Pastor Richard, you haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But hey, church... Uh, that's the rest of our announcements for yes. today. We're so excited about what God is doing here. But, you know, all of this would not be possible without your continuous faithfulness in your tithes and offerings. So, church, thank you so much. If you want to continue supporting uh, what we do here, if you want to continue to be a part of that, um, then we have several ways to give. We have our text to give. It's fast. It's safe. It's secure. We have our... Uh, we have our NBC ABQ app, Fast, Safe, Secure. We have NBCABQ.com forward slash give, Fast, Safe, Secure. And plus, you, you don't get any of those pesky little spam texts or emails. Like, you just, you, you know, you get information from your receipt, and that's about it. I love it. But if you want to, if, if you're more of a, you know, physical kind of person, we got tithe boxes in every single corner of this sanctuary. And church, we're just so excited uh, for, for what God is doing here, for you guys being a part of this and we're just so excited to see what God does. Amen. Anything else, Pastor Cindy? That's all I've got. All right. Well, why don't you all <laughs> uh, join me in helping a welcome Pastor yes. Richard to the pulpit? Thank you, guys. You're going, why is he kissing that lady? That's my <laughs> wife. That's my wife. Just in case you don't know. Like, golly, should we line up? Andale. <laughs> I... I joked about it that first service. I go, line up to get a kiss. About 10 guys lined up. I go, I go never mind, never mind. Guys, uh, I, I really want to encourage you to be here Saturday for the conference on Islam. A lot of people don't understand Islam. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of information that's wrong about Islam. Uh, Charlotte McPherson is a professor at a university, and she's going to be teaching that conference, and I really encourage you to come out this Saturday morning. Uh, another event is on Saturday night, and I want to ask Pastor Chris Cleveland to come up. He is the uh, co-pastor of Under His Construction Ministry, and uh, I think you guys know that ministry, but for those that don't know what Under His Construction is, 
Tell us exactly what that's about, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. I, I just want to thank our, our congregation. Like Pastor Cindy said, it's been 12 years that we've been partnered with New Beginnings. Yeah. And what a joy it is for us to journey, not just with the people who come into the program, but we journey with all of the families, whether you've had a family that's struggling with drug addiction or, or homelessness or whatever. We'd love to partner with you. And all of the work and support that you've poured into us has brought us this far. And Sonia and I, most of you know Sonia and I in our heart, uh, as we share the same heart with, with Pastor and Cindy, uh, to help people live lives, um, successful lives. And so uh, Under His Construction is a organization that provides housing. It's a one-year discipleship program that uh, has uh, education and career development opportunities for people to be set free um, in all areas of their life. And, and we love to see miracles. Yeah. And as I look through the congregation and I see so many miracles here and families that have grown from what God has done in under his construction, just as we have our new miracle uh, with our women's home, we have now a six-bed women's home. We have four women. We are accepting applications. Uh, two more spaces for, for women. But uh, this Saturday, it's not just a fundraiser. We love to have fun. My wife loves to have fun. She's, in, she's teaching a class right now. But we have fun, and um, we love to celebrate with the yeah. congregation. Come out, and, and we put on a show. Um, I'm not so sure it's a great show, but it is a show. And there is a dinner that uh, will be provided. It's $25 for dinner and a show. Uh, not bad for a person. And so the dinner is Chick-fil-A provided by uh, Marie Posey, a part of our congregation. And so we really look forward to, to, to coming out, you coming out and spending time and supporting our organization. Amen. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Pastor. Bless you, oh, young lady. You know what? I, I just, one more thing. This is, this is evidence of what takes place. And on 9-11, uh, 21 years ago, was, was a, all, of you, all of America stopped. And it was bad news. Five years ago, under his construction, uh, uh, Tomas entered into our program. And it's good news. And the good news is, is that it's a life that's been changed. Amen. And now he has a whole family. And now not only does he have a family, but now he has a ministry that supports women uh, with Renee. And that's Amen. what God does through us. So Amen. thank you so much. God does supernatural things. Amen. Aren't you glad you've been transformed by Jesus? Yes. If you haven't been transformed by Jesus, today's your day then. Today's your day. Young people, I know you guys have a worship service to go to for the youth, so be dismissed. You guys have a good time. Pray for us as we pray for you, and you guys have a really good time. This is 6th through 12th grade. You guys be blessed. I know there are a lot of people going out that back door as well. As, but, uh, but, guys, I've been doing this sermon series called Changing the Way You Think. We have such thinking, thinking, it just it messed up. Our thinking is so destructive. If I were to ask you, what's the biggest problem in your life? 
You know, you might say, well, I don't have a car. I don't have a house. I, no, the biggest problem in our life is us. It's us. John Maxwell once said, if you had to kick the person in the pants that most messed you up, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week because you'd be kicking yourself. We do some of the dumbest things. It's just simply amazing. And we sang that song. We don't have to believe the lies that we hear. We talk to ourselves all the time. Some of you are talking to yourself right now. No, I don't talk to myself. He said we talk to ourselves. He's crazy. You just did. You're, you're, we talk to ourselves, about, but we feed ourselves a bunch of garbage. We don't always have to believe everything we think. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to receive it. Because we have a sinful nature, and our sinful nature really likes the sin. So because I've been talking about a bunch of different things, today I want to talk about changing the way you think about sin. Because sin is a very destructive force, a very destructive thing. But we, I think we've minimized sin, we've rationalized it, and we said, well, you know what, everyone does it, it's not that bad, oh my gosh. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as them. I'm not an evil person. I haven't killed anybody or I haven't stole anything, and I haven't, and I haven't. And we have all these things, and, and, and we think it's a behavioral thing, but sin is not about a behavioral thing. It's about a thought pattern. And, and so I want to try to start by just talking about what sin is and what the Bible says about it. And the Bible says that sin is the complete opposite of God and good. The complete opposite of God and good. God is good. And God does good things. He does not do anything bad. He does good, fair, righteous things, compassionate things. He is a righteous God. He is a loving God, a caring God, an incredible loving God that carries us, ministers to us, and helps us. And a lot of times we don't understand that because we think that everyone, that nobody could be trusted. Everyone's up to something. But God has said it right out. He says, this is my agenda, that none would perish but all have everlasting life. So that's why he sent his only begotten son into this world, so that he might die for us, to be, un- to be able to die for us. And that's why we have to understand that God is completely opposite of sin, and sin is completely opposite of God. And when you finally understand that, you're going to stay away from those temptations that are taking you down a path that really mess you up. How many times have you done something you said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. It's like, well, duh, why'd you do it then? And that's our problem. In the book of Psalms 111, verse 7, it says right there, All he does is just and good, and all his commands are trustworthy. He doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't do anything bad. He doesn't do anything mean. God is this amazing, loving, caring God. And we've got to understand that we end up taking the good that God has made, and we pervert it and make it bad. The devil has taken these things that God has created, and he turns them around and destroys our life. We misuse stuff, we abuse stuff, we lose stuff, and we just end up killing ourselves. In the book of Job, chapter 34, verse 10, he says right there, listen to me, you who have understanding. Everyone knows that God doesn't sin. You've got to understand that, hear that, receive that. The Almighty can do no wrong. You see, God wants us to be like him. He says, be holy as I'm holy. 
You can't be holy if you don't follow him, if you don't talk to him, if you don't share with him, and you're involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in. And if you really grab a hold of that, that sin is the opposite of God, then you're going, okay, I can't be doing that because that's completely the opposite than who God is. We also need to understand that sin is the complete opposite of love. We sin because we're selfish. We sin because we, we are doing everything for us. Sin is unloving. It's not loving at all. It's unloving. Look, why do we lie? We lie to try to get out of something, but that's hurting people. We're not loving people. We're not lying because we want to love people. We're lying because we want to get ourselves out of trouble. We steal, we cheat, we gossip. We, I mean, the list is a mile long, but all of those actions are unloving. They're not kind. They're not loving somebody. You're hurting someone. And when you really understand that, that it's a complete opposite of of love, then you realize, you know what, God? Don't let me grow cold because this world is growing cold. Look what he says. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, he goes, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Man, we're there right now. You see people that are so cold, they have no emotions, no feeling, no kindness, no love. Our homicide rate is outrageous. I think there's already been 92 homicides in the city limits of Albuquerque. And we're barely in September. It's like we're going to hit over 120 this year. That's just alarming. And it's because people are not kind anymore. People are not loving anymore. People have grown cold. They have no more emotions. They share nothing anymore. So they're not communicating their heart. They're not communicating their love. They're not communicating their compassion. And people have grown cold. They even wrote a song about it in the 70s. I'm as cold as ice, you remember? Well, in the sacrifice, my love. All you old guys are going, I kind of remember that. It didn't sound as bad as that, though. But see, we really are. We're as cold as ice now. We need God to start thawing out people again. We need God's heart to just start melting people and that his loving compassion would transform people. Because sin is really painful. Another thing that sin is, it's always selfish. Sin is always about you. It's about me, 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 me. And a lot of times we think, oh, no, I'm doing it for the good of my family. I'm doing it for the good. No, you're not. You're doing it for you. You're doing it for recognition, for power, for position, for possessions. You're doing it for all the wrong reasons. You're doing whatever you can to achieve whatever you can to to just gain whatever you can. And it's not always for your family. It's for your own position and promotion and, and just elevation. And we, we're really destructive in that. We need to quit being selfish. We need to quit doing it just for us. In the book of James chapter 3, verse 16, he says, for where, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil from every kind, of every kind. And is that the truth? When you see someone that's jealous and, and envious and, and, and they're selfish, they, they'll do anything. They'll, people have killed for stuff. It's like we get out of control. We steal from our very own loved ones. There's children that steal from their parents, parents that steal from their children. There's just a craziness because man's heart has grown cold. God has made us 
in his image. And we need to understand that we're supposed to totally focus on God. But if you're not focusing on God, if Jesus Christ is not the center of your life, the center focal point of your life, let me tell you something. You will rapidly find yourself in sin. So sometimes it's, it could be even something good that takes you away. Look, I, I, I've ridden a motorcycle for many, many years. And I know some people that the motorcycle became their God. They devote every moment that they can to riding their bike, and they'll skip time with family sometimes. They'll skip time with the Lord, time with church. They, you know, There's not a sin in owning a motorcycle or a boat or whatever you might have. But when that becomes your idol and that becomes your God, man, you're in serious trouble. So we got to get the eye out of sin. And it's an eye problem. And I'm talking to me. Because S-I-N, if you take the eye out, it's no more. And we need to get the eye out of racism. We need to get the eye out of pride, out of gossip, out of crime, out of criticism. If you take the eye out of those things, you won't have it anymore. But man, we're, we're taught that. Oh, your parents might not have sat down and taught you, you're not going to like Mexicans. But there's people that don't like Mexicans. I'll never forget when I moved here and I said I was Mexican. They go, oh, you're Mexican. We're not Mexicans here. In New Mexico, we're Spaniards. I go, orale. <laughs> and then I told them I was a Texan. Oh, my God. Oh, you Texans steal our water. I'm like, my gosh, all this hostility. But see, we're taught all of that kind of stuff. We're taught not like, not to like certain races. We're taught not to do certain things. It's horrible. And another thing sin is, it's, it's always an unbelief in who God is. When you sin, it's an unbelief in who God is. Let me explain that. In John chapter 16, verse 9, he says right there, he goes, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So Jesus is saying, the world doesn't want to believe in me. And when you and I sin, it's because we don't believe in him. Let me give you some examples. For in other words, any time that I'm fearful, any time I'm anxious and all stressed out, it means that I'm not believing God's promises. I have an unbelief in God's promises. In other words, oh yeah, like if God's going to really come through. Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and you're not believing God's promises. Perfect love casts out all fear. If you just really take in the God, he's going to take the fear away, and then you're going to see him come through and meet your every need. Uh, in other words, when you're impatient, it, you're, you're really showing that you don't believe in God's perfect timing. Uh, I better just kick in because God's taking his sweet time about this. I better just do it for him. Hello, God, I'll just move over because I've got to take over because you're not doing a thing about it. Yet, he's got his hand on the pulse of everything. He understands what's happening. When you become bitter or resentful, and you're resentful and bitter, and you, you, you're, just, you're jealous, and you start questioning everything God's doing. So you're really saying, I have an unbelief in God's wisdom. I don't believe that God is smart enough to, to, to really know what's going on. It's like I've been crying out and he doesn't get it. So you're, you're frustrated, you're overwhelmed. You're just like, I don't really get it. Another thing is when you're carrying guilt. 
Some of you have been carrying guilt for 10, 20, 30, 40 years for something you did, yet you're, you're not believing God's forgiveness. God says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you know what we do? We don't believe that. We go, oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you don't understand. I did some wicked stuff, man. God can't forgive me. And if he could forgive me, I could understand maybe he could forgive me, but I can't forgive myself. So what, are you elevating yourself higher than God? You see what I'm saying? The devil really messes us up. How about feeling inadequate? Have you ever felt inadequate and you just feel like you don't measure up and you're, you're just like, man, you're doubting yourself and you're doubting God's faithfulness and his power? Man, that's when you don't have a belief in God's power. You don't really believe he could transform lives. Pastor Chris just talked about Tomas. Some of you know Tomas. I've mentioned his name. He's, he's on staff here with us. But Tomas's story is like crazy. He, he passed out on a bus stop. He was passed out drunk. The bus didn't stop for him, but expect a miracle did. And they go, orale, we're going to give you a ride, the ride of your life. And they took him to Jesus. And then when he got out of that, he, he was doing good, but struggling sometimes. And finally he said, man, I, I need to really surrender completely. And on 9-11, his twin towers, pride, the tower of pride, and the tower of I could do it on my own, finally came down. And up from the ashes came a new man, a man that is a man of God. Then he was volunteering at God's warehouse and working there with Pastor Chuck, and he sees this real pretty lady come in. He goes, orale, God, forgive me because I might not be thinking exactly how I'm supposed to. And they became husband and wife. And here's a man and a woman that God had given up on. I mean, the whole world had given up on, but God hadn't. And God took his life and transformed it. And God took her life and brought her out of prison and transformed her life. And now they're homeowners. They have four beautiful daughters that live there at the house. And he's got a daughter in university. And they started a women's transitional ministry. And all because they learned to believe. I got to believe my God. And now Tomas is in school. He'll be an ordained minister in a year and a half. God is doing the work, people. I'm telling you, if you understand sin and you finally understand what it really is, you run from it. You don't run to it. You get away. Because sin has a lot of problems. Let me talk about some of the problems sin has. We're born with a selfish desire to sin. Do you know that a little baby does not have to be taught how to be selfish? That little baby from the minute that's born, wah, give me a bottle, wah, change my diaper, wah, come and hold me, wah, I just want to see you run around the house. <laughs> and then that little baby starts talking, and what's some of the first words they learn? Mine, 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 mine. Oh, my gosh. They don't even have, they, they, you don't teach them how to be greedy. They know how to be greedy. That's mine. My brother got more than me. My sister got more than me. Oh, my gosh. Where do they learn it? 
I'm sure it's from mom or something, but okay, calm down. Uh, you all know it's a truth anyway. No, 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 but aren't we like that? We're childish. Dad and mom fight because we're childish. We're selfish. We have this selfish desire to sin. In Romans chapter 7, verse 14 and 15, Paul says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is, it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am too human. He says, I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, he says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Don't you find yourself saying those exact words? Like, I oh, why did I do that? Oh, my God, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Oh, now I got to call my dad to bail me out of jail. Ugh. Jump down to verse 17, Romans seven seventeen. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. See, we got to get rid of the sin in our life. We got to realize how selfish it is and how it tears us apart. Verse 23 of Romans 7 says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. See, it's, it's messing with your mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. So we have to understand how selfish sin is. Second thing, sin breaks our fellowship with God. You've got to understand that's a serious problem. Because, man, I don't know about you, I just love being in the presence of God. I love it when, man, when that, you could just feel that breakthrough and you're like, singing and you're like, oh my goodness gracious, thank you, Lord. I'd be literally right at your throne. And you just feel his presence and you're like, man, and all of a sudden you do something stupid. You rationalize your life because you go, well, everyone does it. It's not really that bad. It can't be that bad. Sin is a relational issue. It tears us away from God, but it also tears us away from one another. Haven't you ever walked, remember, think back when you were a kid and you walked into the house and your mom and dad are not talking, but you know, oh Lord, they've been fighting or something. There's tension in the room and you're like, oh Lord. Or or mom's been fighting with the, the, the daughter or son or, or dad's been fighting with the daughter or son, and, and everyone knows it. Oh, there's some, there's, oh, I got to get out of here, man. It's, it's not good. Why? Because you feel the tension in the relationship. I'm telling you, if you're not walking right with God, there's a constant tension between you and God. And that's why you get so violent when people want to tell you about God. Just shut up. Leave me alone already. Oh, my gosh. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, shut up. Yeah, go to church with me. Oh, shut up. They give you free donuts and coffee. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Look, the other day, the donuts got here late. I got four complaints, written, written complaints. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know who's in charge of the donuts, but they've been getting here late. <laughs> I am really sorry, man. <laughs> Those donuts are important to people. There was a, a couple in front of me today, and the husband had a donut, and the wife's looking at him like, Andale. and he goes, yeah, she's been following me because I'm eating a donut. And I go, you want me to go get you one? She goes, no, I just want a bite. So I got her hand, and I bit it. <laughs> I got her hand, and I go, I'm going to bite your wife. <laughs> 
She goes, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, I'd love you, lady. You know who you are. But you know what? It's, it's, it's because you have fellowship here. And when your fellowship is broken, like if you have a little skirmish with somebody, then, hey, you haven't been at church. Well, I'm not talking to my sister. Well, we have two services. We don't get up that early. So now we don't go to the church right now. We'll make up. I don't want to make, I'll say I'm sorry if she says I'm sorry. And don't let that happen. It breaks fellowship. In the book of Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, it says, if, your sin, if, if it's your sin that has cut you off from God, because of your sin, he has turned away and will not listen to you. So get right with God. Another thing, the problem with sin is that every time we sin, something inside of us dies. Something dies inside of us every time we sin. Sin is a silent killer. The wages of sin is death. Sin is a self-destructive mechanism that the devil uses. You sin and it starts eating at you and it starts chipping away and tearing at you. And before you know it, you find yourself really isolated and pulling away from everyone because you don't want anyone to see your sin. And instead of living, you're dying. Instead of living, you're doing evil. Look at the word live, L-I-V-E, spell it backwards, E-V-I-L. So live turns into evil. You don't live for Jesus, you're going to be wicked. You're going to be messed up. You're going to be far from God. James chapter 1, verse 15 says, these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Sin kills. It kills our passion for God. It kills our relationships. It kills our friendship. It kills our character. It kills our vision. It kills our hope. It takes everything away. Another problem that sin is, is our sin may be secret, but it's never private. Now, hear me. It might be secret, but it's not private. I'm telling you, your sin affects a lot of people, not just you. Oh, I'm just doing it for me. I'm not bothering anyone else. That's what you think. That's what you think. Our sin affects a lot of people. And you you know what? Your sin will find you out. Look what it says right there in the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verse 23. It says, but if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. You can't hide it. It comes up. It creeps out on you. It just shows up, man. And it might not show up here, but it will show up someday. There's going to be a day of judgment where everything's going to be exposed. Look what the Lord says in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. He says, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed. And all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetop for all to hear. Man, look, I, my, my picture of judgment, it's going to be this huge, huge, huge gathering place, and the whole world's going to be there when it all comes to an end. And one at a time, 
they're going to have a huge screen bigger than this one. And they're going to put it up on the screen. Richard Mansfield, this is your life. And they're going to start off when I was a little baby. And you guys go, Mira, he was so cute. Look at him. Oh, man, he was a little brat, wasn't he? He was always in the mischief. And then you're going to see the good, bad, and the ugly. But there's going to be parts in this movie, when I ask Jesus to forgive me, that it just goes blank. Because he throws my sin as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember it anymore. So he's not going to throw it in my face. But those sins that I have hidden, those sins that I have secret, those sins that I think I have private are going to be exposed before the whole judgment seat. And they're going to say, yeah, 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 look how great you were. Look what you did in darkness. It's now being exposed in the light. We've got to understand that. Another problem with sin is that sin has long-term damage. Sin destroys. It has long-term damage. It really hurts people. We think, I'm just hurting me. No, you're not. Let me tell you something. There's generational sins. Sins that we've taught. The father has taught the son, and the son has taught his son, and the son has taught his son, and on and on and on. And we do these things, and we don't even realize what we're doing. Anger is one of them. Hey, what do you call this? You put in a tortilla. Well, calm down. It's just a tortilla, but that was my tortilla. And you're all mad. So now they learn to get mad because if you get mad, you get results. But you got bruised family members all over the place. Or you're feeling anxiety. I'll just take a little weed and it'll cut the edge off. <sighs> yeah. Mijo, here, here, have some weed. And we laugh at that, but that's not laughing matter. It happens. And there's a long-term damage, and, and it might not happen right away, but it happens because when you plant a seed, it doesn't grow overnight. But you come back, and it's going to come back at your face. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, it says, but don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. And those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And another problem with sin is that disobeying God is neither fun nor funny. See, we, we, the world has a way of laughing at sin and making sin comedy. Stand-up comedians will laugh about uh, all kinds of sinful things. They'll make fun of, uh, or, or the TV shows will make fun of, of, uh, of an affair. Let me tell you, some people are laughing, but those that have gone through an affair, <laughs> that's not a laughing matter. And they laugh about stealing. Oh, I only take a little. I only take, everyone takes a little. And, but the one that they're stealing from isn't laughing. You see, our sin put Jesus on the cross. It's not a laughing matter. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 23 says, doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. We've got to understand that doing wrong is a joke to a fool. 
Man, some people have made even reality shows about how stupid they could be. Oh, look at us. Did you see that episode? Oh, it was so funny. Oh, my gosh. He went out with one girl, and then he dropped her off and picked up another girl, and then picked up another girl and picked up another girl. Oh, my God, and he's married to one of them, and the other one's the best friend of the wife, and that's not funny. See, the devil has desensitized us to laugh at sin. We make fun of drunk people. Oh, my God, did you see them? They were such idiots. Oh, my God. It's not funny the one that has cirrhosis. It's not funny to the husband and wife that got divorced because their husband or wife became an alcoholic and abandoned the family. You see, we laugh at things that aren't laughable. We laugh at things that we shouldn't laugh at. So how do we break away from that sin then? How do we break away? Well, number one, we've got to understand what Jesus did for us. You've got to understand what Jesus did for you. He died, he suffered, died, and was buried, and on the third day he rose again. He broke the hold of the devil on your life. And you've got to really understand that. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. So he's saying that, you know what? We've been crucified on the cross, so when you're dead, you can't sin anymore. So you need to die to yourself, and you need to live for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13, 4 says, although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was, but when we deal with us, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and we'll have God's power. So we need to just be crucified in Romans 6, 6 and 8. It says, we know that our old nature serves, <coughs> that our old nature serves, we're crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We have to quit thinking we are. He has set us free. And another thing to do to get free is to let God give you a new nature, a brand new nature. Like a, a, a dear friend of mine, he and I were praying together. And he said, man, pray for me and pray for my sister. And I go, what's going on? He goes, she told me he's, she's gay and she told me she was born that way. And I went ahead and said, yeah, okay, I'll accept that. You were born that way. But now you could be reborn. You could be born again and get a brand new nature. Get a new nature that God will give you. A new nature that craves the things he has made in your life. You see, God gives us a new nature. In 1 John 3, verse 9, it says, Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they cannot keep on sinning because they are children of God. We have been transformed. In Romans 8, verse 9, he says, but you have not 
uh, but you are not controlled by your sins living in you. We have to remember that. We have to hold on to that. And another thing, if you're going to break free, is change the way you think about sin. Really start realizing that, you know what? Sin is deadly. Sin is ugly. Sin is destructive. Sin hurts a lot of people. You say, oh, my gosh, Pastor, you're making such a big deal out of this. It is. There's people dying every single day because of their sin. I've had to bury a lot of people because of their sin. You know how painful it is as a pastor to do funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral because they drank themselves to death or they drugged themselves to death? All the drug overdoses. Fentanyl is destroying our city. People are dying left and right because fentanyl, oh my gosh, that's so cheap and it's such a great high, but within minutes you're already coming down off that high and it's and people are putting in weed they're putting that in everything heroin and people are dying left and right it's not a fun thing sin is not fun at all it's not funny and another thing we really have to do is we need to challenge the lies behind every temptation you really need to challenge that if you're really going to break free you need to say wait why am i listening to that why am i believing that lie because the devil is lying to me right now and i'm embracing that crazy thought and i'm believing that crazy thought and i need to get away from that crazy thought and i need to let go of that crazy thought so god transform my thinking why am I believing this about this sin that I'm really like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. And you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. You've you got to walk away and step away. In Romans 8, verse 5, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. We need to embrace the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, instruct me, because you know what? I'm a mess. This sin is killing me. Some of you are holding on to your marriage by, by a thread. And I want you to know that we're in the process. We're going to be starting a brand new ministry, how to reignite your marriage. There's a lot of broken marriages. And we're putting all the pieces together to make sure that you have a platform to reignite your marriage and be madly in love with the man or woman that you married and that God would transform them, that you don't get a new man, but you get a new man out of the one you got. That you get a new woman out of the one you got. God has a way of doing that. And you can fall all in love again, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Baby, where have you been all my life? Right next to you, tonto? Right next to you, dummy? Well, man, you, you've changed so much. Husband, you've changed so much. Wife, you've changed so much. Mom and dad, we love what you've changed into. You guys love each other again. See, God can give you a nature to transform you that you could be off of alcohol and drugs. You could be off of whatever it is that you satisfy that craving with in your life. But some of you haven't even made a decision to serve Jesus. So if you've never re given your life to Jesus, I want to start there. Is there anyone here that has never surrendered to the Lord, but they want to today and they go, Lord, man, I want to surrender my life. Anyone here that, I, that wants to pray to receive Jesus? I just want to celebrate with you. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to celebrate with you. I, I, I definitely don't want to embarrass you, but I want to ask you, if you raised your hand, stand up, because we want to pray for you. It's the greatest decision you're making in your life. It's an amazing moment. Church, would you, would you pray with them? Let's just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I realize how desperately I need you. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ suffered, died, and was buried and rose to conquer death so that I could have life. I receive him by faith. And from this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Hey, can I give you a hug? Can you come up real quick? We, we got some material we want to give you. There's some things we want to just put in your hands to help you stay strong and help you have that new life. And man, this is an amazing time. My goodness, it's, I, it's the longest walk, but the greatest one. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. Oh, my gosh, my sister. What a joy. You're the one that just had a beautiful baby, didn't you? How old your baby? Uh, she was born on the 7th. The 7th of this month? Yeah. I just had her. Four days ago? Yeah. Wow. You're giving her the greatest gift you could give her. Lord, thank you for my little sister, Lord. Thank you for the gift of life you're giving her right now. That you're being born in her heart. Lord, fill her with joy, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. That guy over there, that pastor, he's got some stuff he wants to give you. A Bible and some stuff, Alrighty, God bless you, Mika. I don't know where you're at right now with your wrestle with sin. Man, there's times that I, I enjoy boxing. I enjoy like UFC fights. And last night they had the UFC fights and someone let me watch them. And I'm watching this UFC fight and they have someone in an arm bar and they go, this is it. It's over. And she broke, it was two ladies fighting and she broke out of it. And I'm like, wow. And she went on to win and I go, wow. And I said, that'll preach. Because that's where you and I are. Whatever that thing is that haunts you. So if you want prayer, we'd love to pray with you. But would you stand as we sing this as a song of prayer and celebration? And, but if you want prayer, there's people that want to pray with you. We just want you to know we love you. Sing it out for God's glory, would you? Before he spoke creation, the God of heaven knew our name. And formed in his reflection, we are his glory on display. And his heart is good, he is always kind. With a cross he proved, he is on my side. We are the sons, we are the daughters. 
are. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we are, Lord. We're your children. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we accept the calling on our life. You have called us out of the darkness and we said, here we are. And you've called us treasures out of darkness. Thank you, Lord. Let us live as those treasures. Father, you've called us sons and daughters. Let us live as royalty. Father God, I pray your blessing over each one of us. Here and those online. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. And God's people shout out, Amen. We love you, church. God bless you. Go be a blessing to your family. Let it start with you.